Hey, everybody. Welcome to my show, My So-Called Fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman, and welcome to my show. It's so great to talk to you all today, and I love everything fabulous. I really do, and sometimes not so fabulous as well. I'm a wife, a mom, cookbook author, chef. I'm an influencer now at 55. I love fashions, beauty, and I love everything fabulous, like I said, but guess what? I love interiors. Um, You've all heard me talk about this for forever. I just love decorating and I love homes. I love my homes. Hence, drum roll please, my guest today is Laura Hamilton. Laura, welcome to my show. Thank you. It's so good to see you. You too. Okay, so I brought Laura on today because Laura is a realtor and you're going to know her entire story, but I really think that people really need to know Especially young people buying homes, and a lot of my followers are the young, uh, young, youngins. I um, call it, and uh, so there's that. But I want to tell you how I met Laura. So, Laura is um, the precious sister of my fabulous social media manager, um, Hillary Hamilton, yeah. and um, I fell in love with Hillary almost a year now. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's almost That's a year. Crazy. Is that crazy how quickly this flies? So yes. um, Hillary is my sweet, sweet, sweet little friend. And she worked, we work together on this project, uh, My So-Called Fabulous. And so I met you last year when you're in 360 Magazine. We both have been featured. And last year, September issue, your home was featured. So yes. I want to talk to you about that. We have so much to talk about. So, okay. So, Laura, you went to Heights. You're from Fort Worth, correct? Yes. Heights yes. High School and and went there all four years and loved it. Yes. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I really did. It's changed a lot. I bet it has. It was a good school. I bet it has. <laughs> so, Heights, in, um, and then you went on to TCU. So I did. Here's the thing. So, did you have, being from Fort Worth, did you have a desire to leave Fort Worth and go away? Yes. Okay. Actually, I thought I would go to Texas, and really? that was the plan all along. And actually, middle school, I went to All Saints, and half the way, or half the reason I got my parents to let me go to Heights was that there was like that top 10% rule. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. So top 10% at All Saints doesn't really, it was like five people. You right. Know? So going to the public high school, top 10%, you're kind of automatically in. Mm-hmm. Um not that I wouldn't have got in if I stayed at All Saints, but that was part of persuading my parents <laughs> to let me go. It worked. Plus my <laughs> plus my brother had gone, and I just thought going to the public high school was awesome. Um, so, yeah, I really thought I was going to UT. And, in fact, TCU was such a late decision. Really? I didn't even get Colby dorms. You're kidding, the Colby no. cuties. Nope, I was not a Colby cutie. You're kidding. <laughs> I'm like, no. okay, Colby Cutie is the freshman <laughs> dorm at TCU, um, and it's cool to be a Colby Cutie, just to say the least. So, yeah. yeah so, it was it was a pretty last-minute decision, and a great decision, but yeah. What did you—so, what was the catalyst? So, Austin, going Austin to UT, and and um, your, your brother went to Heights. He didn't go to UT, right? No, no. Right. No, he went to Heights, and then he went out of state That's for right. college. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. So, what was the—I mean— what happened? I, maybe I just freaked out. I yeah, don't know. Last yeah. minute, it was just TCU, and I had some friends going there, and um, I just decided to stay. To stay home. Stay yeah. at home. And, um, you know, 
Texas is so big. I mean, I so large. I remember um, in high school. Now, I went to rural America. We've talked about this. I went to Wortham High School. Go bullfrog, bullfrogs, bulldogs, bullfrogs. <laughs> Good grief. I'm thinking TCU. Um, so I went, but I remember touring all the different schools and I was just lost. I remember Dolby was the dorm, dorm and I went, I was just like, this is so massive, just so massive. And, um, my parents encouraged me to go to Baylor, but I had to live with my grandmother if I went to Baylor. So I said, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not going to do that. And half of us went, you know, some of my family went to Baylor, but um, TCU was the one. It was just such a perfect size too. I mean, it was, but since TCU was such a last minute thing, I didn't even... I never did the tours. I mean, you know enough. You yeah, grew up I going to the football mm-hmm. games and stuff. But I did do the UT stuff and uh-huh. Harden House, all that stuff. I've been on that list for years. Is that crazy? And just That's crazy. Yeah. So going. you're a frog. And yeah. so you're a frog and you're Tri-Delta. You yes. pledged Tri-Delta. I did. You did. And did you enjoy that? That was a just a, did you see yourself a sorority girl? I knew, yes. And especially at TCU, I felt like you need that. And mm-hmm. to get involved in everything and to meet people. So. Right. And my roommate, who was my roommate all four years, was a TC girl. She went to Country Day, and her mom was a Tridel. And so it was kind of, if you're going to be my roommate, you better be a Tridel too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um, we're, it worked out perfect. And Right. Right. That's so yeah. great. And and um, I was in AKIO at TCU, and, and I was in AKIO when they started. I, I transferred in, so it was a transfer, and they started. It was a very slow time, and um, we're going to talk about philanthropy at, and wrapping up the show today, but, but you know, the... the it wasn't, it certainly wasn't what it was today. So it's very, very different. Sorority life is very different when it was when I was in high school, when I was in college. So, you know, it seemed to be um, having a good time and we did, we did have a good time, but, um, but it wasn't as philanthropic based as it is now. And I'm so proud of everyone, every organization, and they're all great at TCU. So anyway, so, okay, your major, did you know what you wanted to study right away? I mean, I mean, do you, um, well, so right away I studied, I started in business and that was probably a heavy influence by my dad. Um, but by my second year and you get to like finance too, or I don't even know what the classes were called. I was like, I don't know if this is for me, statistics, right. all that. Oh gosh. So it was actually a perfect timing. It was my second year. I think I was at the perfect point for the business to kind of be, just become the minor. Mm-hmm. And so I switched over to ad PR and just kept the business wow. minor. Ad PR. Um, and ad PR marketing, I still at that point didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I felt like with marketing and where this was back in, you know, to the 2008, nine, 10, I figured I could do just about anything with it. Right. Um, Right. Yeah. So it was kind of the easier way out, but also I felt like I could use it. Absolutely can use it. You know, um, Kennedy, my daughter is at TCU and she's political science and everybody asks the same question. Are you going to law school? Yes. Right now she just, that's not her plan. That's not what she wants to do. And you know, she's 20, almost 21 years old and she doesn't know what she wants to do when she grows up. I mean, I don't even, I just figured out what I want to do, but, (laughs) but it's very difficult to, I was, Went to, I went to a small school, like I was saying earlier. I graduated with 14 people in my high school class. Oh I was gosh. in the top 10, though. Hey. Yay, get it, girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it was such a small school. We were not prepared for college. We were not prepared. I'm sorry. We were... 
I, I just got there and I wrote a paper and I thought I was so great at English and I had all this, it looks like bloody mess. But, you know, I wasn't prepared. And I look now at these schools. Kennedy went to a public school in Austin and she was so prepared. I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, do you feel like, do you feel like you were prepared for college? I Yeah, I you think do. so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was still hard, mm-hmm. but I think... And even going to the public high school, I think that prepared me 14 people. Can you imagine? I mean, I know TCU was probably smaller back then. Oh, yeah. Not probably. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was 5,000. But mm-hmm. still, that was still probably... It's so overwhelming. So. I mean, it was just, you guys have no idea. I mean, literally, um, I grew up in a town of 1,008. Some high school graduating classes are that large. Um, but yeah, there was nine girls and five boys. Go figure, right? It was crazy. So, yeah, we weren't quite, but TC was perfect for me. It was a perfect size. And um, so anyway, okay. So your advertising major, so you, did you ever practice in advertising once you graduated? Did you, was that an option? Um, So not really, uh, no. No, no. (laughs) Senior year, I had an internship at Concussion Advertising, Mm -hmm. which they've kind of separated now, but it was pretty great place in Fort Worth back then. This was... 2009 or 2010. Mm-hmm. So that's like the most I really did in it. Um, but also you have to remember 2009 and 10, we were coming off kind of the crash. Mm-hmm. And so people weren't hiring all these market. They were cutting marketing dollars. Right. They weren't hiring marketing people. So the jobs that were out there, I can make more money babysitting. Exactly. You know? <laughs> so Working like, at Joe T's. So that's when dad was <laughs> like, why don't you get your real estate license? Right. I was like, all right, I'll just get it to have. Sure. I'm not going to do anything with it. Right. Why? What would I do with it? You know, I was like, I'll just get it. Oh, wow. So I got it. You got it. Yeah. And and, and so that was 2010, mm-hmm. 9, 9, 10. Mm-hmm. So you started, I mean, you started selling real estate, I guess. So you went to school and then went ahead and got your license. Yeah. So I went to real estate school. And back then it took like three or four months. It was not a log on to the internet and get it in 10 hours. I feel like right. now you can get a real estate license in two days. That's true, right? So it it was like work in a way, you know, I went and got my real estate license and I thought I would maybe dabble. I don't know. I don't know what I thought I'd do with it, to mm-hmm. be honest. But to make, once you take the test, you have to hang your license somewhere mm-hmm. to for it to be active. So um, I had met this lady named Betsy Center and she ran the Coldwell Banker office on Hewlin. And she, I mean, she was the best mentor ever. I still use some of the things that she taught me, but she, I mean, she would call you if you weren't at the, you know, everyone gets real estate. They talk about flexible hours. No one's going to call you and say, Hey, why aren't you at work today? Mm-hmm, so, right. but this lady did, you oh, know, you wow. missed a sales meeting and she, the next day you see her in the office. She's like, we missed you yesterday. And okay. I was like, wait, I work for myself. I don't right. be there yesterday. Right. Well, yes, you did. So anyways, she really made me treat it as a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I'm not kidding. If it wasn't for her, I don't know if I'd still be in real estate because mm-hmm. you've got to hit the pavement running. I mean, or hit the ground running. Right, exactly. And you've got to work your butt off, mm-hmm. um, especially in 2010. Not only did I have my age, no one wants to hire the 21 year, or right. what was I, 23. Um, but also just the market wasn't flourishing either. So you had to work even harder. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so, yeah, I did it full time. I had an open house every Sunday, wow. phone duty twice a week and mentoring, meeting with her once a week. Right. And 
next thing you know, I'm 2010 Rookie of the Year, and here I am 10 years later. <laughs> really? Oh, my goodness. So, you know, and it sometimes takes um, powerful women to produce powerful women. It does. I mean, and you had such a great mentorship there, and that's amazing. You know, yeah. it's just accountability, too. You know, I mean, yeah. I do have friends in real estate, and they, I mean, they don't. They're they're not they're not doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? They're they're dabbling, and I don't know how you make that a career. I mean, I guess you can do it part time, right? You can absolutely, yeah. but I feel like some of the things that I do every day still are things that she taught me ten years ago. And I'm not kidding. If a friend is like, "Hey, I want to get my real estate license. Do you have any advice?" I seriously say, and I love Bert Ladner so much. Mm-hmm. I you're can't there. Say you're there bad. now. Mm-hmm. Yes, but. Um, I actually will tell some of them, go work at a Coldwell Banker or, you know, where you learn. There's just, they they have great training, but not that some of these smaller places don't, but I don't regret going to the big corporate. Because that was corporate. The Coldwell Banker was the corporate, the larger. Okay. Big corporate, um, probably over a hundred agents all Mm -hmm. the time. Um, It's it's definitely a different work atmosphere. Um, They do, they rank you. Um, based off your sales production, your units, you know, all of that. I mean, so it's different mm-hmm. than, you know, you walk in and it's, you can see blah, 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 sold five houses this month. It's posted in the kitchen, you know, everything. It's A lot just, of pressure. Yes, it's different. They definitely, um, but it, good and bad, you know. Sure, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Jeez. So oh, the Caldwell Banker, so you did that for how long that, with that agency? Five years. Five years. Okay, five years. And then what made you decide, okay, I'm ready to move to the next level or the Um, next? Yeah, (laughs) I was just, I was ready for more of that boutique local feel um, of an office and just um, some friends had gone over there and I was just ready for, and I love the way they market things and do things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of my niche in Fort Worth. I felt like that business model appealed more to my clients. Right, right. Well, so I didn't need, not that I don't need, not that I don't need to learn new things every day, but I felt like I didn't need the coaching, the babysitting, all that as much. Right. And five years of that, and then you were ready to flourish at a different, at at a different agency. So you went to Burt Ladner at that point Mm -hmm. and you're still there. Yes. How many years? About five. Oh my goodness. Okay. And you love it. You absolutely love it. Yeah. How many? Okay. So because I don't know this and I'm sure my listeners don't know what. Okay. If there's hundreds and thousands of Colwell Baker agents, how many does Bert Ladner have? Oh gosh. Um, Approximately. It's it's growing. It's growing a little bit, but. So I don't know exactly, but let's say 40. Okay. Okay. Much smaller. Much smaller. Much smaller. So how do you market yourself? Because. Did Caldwell, and again, I'm this is I'm the perfect person to interview because I do not know what I'm talking about. Um, how did Caldwell Banker market you? Were you responsible for your own marketing because you are advertising marketing versus Bert Ladner? How how does that work for those of you that are thinking about real estate? Yeah, so that's actually what I should have said when you asked me why I moved companies. <laughs> right, that, that's that's. What I should have said. So Coldwell Banker, not to say anything bad, but they really market Coldwell Banker and the properties that are listed. They don't market me. Okay. And so um, 
really going back. That's what I should have said when you asked me that. Right. Because Bert Ladner, we obviously do market properties. We sell a ton of properties, but they have been really great with marketing me. They they care a little bit more about Bert Ladner, Laura Hamilton, mm-hmm. and what Laura Hamilton has done and how she's different and how she helps her buyers and sellers. And it's, it's, it's a little more personalized. It's right. not just with any big corporate company. Of you know, it's not all about the properties in Coldwell Banker getting business. It's, right. I feel like it was a little bit more focused on my business. Right. Right. Greg and I just sold our home in Austin and he, we sold it to a family member. So it was, you know, it was, we, we kind of did it ourselves. Yeah. And, um, with an attorney. So, cause it was easy. It was just, you know, we want your house. It's Kennedy's dad. Yeah. So we did that. And now we're buying a home in Mexico. We bought the house in Fort Worth and oh my goodness, buying a home in Mexico, people. Yeah. Gosh. What are you joking? Like? Oh my, uh, no, no, no. Well, we're going this week to hopefully. Like easy, like shake a hand. No, I mean, I mean, it's just kind of like, wait, I mean, you, had, you can't, you can't really own it. 99 years you can it's not it, it's so crazy it and it's like they take the siesta all the time like yeah they're <laughs> not responding <laughs> to us I mean they're not they're not responding to us and so it's just so crazy and we're going this week so it's it's been a ride to say the least and uh, we had a realtor over there an American realtor over there that handles the properties but it's still been just so unusual and so odd and so anyway um but okay, so we're going to go into when when I was looking at homes when we were looking Fort Worth, and we knew Laura, we knew we absolutely wanted TCU. We wanted to be down the street from TCU so we could have tailgating at our home, yeah, and then just head on down. So we are like point four miles away. And um, but when I went to look for a home, and I would go in, my nephew was my realtor at the time, so we would go in. And I mean, I knew right away. I mean, I walk in the front door. I'm like, let's go. I mean, and he's like, Hey, wait, let's go look at the pool or let's look at this. I have this, this sense or feeling right away. Is that a thing? Like, do people really do that? Or am I just fussy? No. <laughs> yes. And yes. It's it's both a little bit of both. And sometimes someone like that can be nice mm-hmm. because instead of wasting oh. 30 minutes, no, because sometimes they'll walk in and, and they know but but we still want to look and think about how we could change it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not complaining yet. I love all my clients. But but sometimes that would be right. nice. Right. If, if but a lot of people don't know what they're looking for. Right. They think they know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And right. they don't. Right. So they almost need to spend more time in there. Right. Right. Even if it's a first instinct thing. But so the home that we bought <laughs> on Colonial, um, the curb appeal, I don't know if you remember it, the curb appeal was not fabulous at all. And so when my nephew was sending me, I mean, a year out, that the house was on the market two or three years. Oh, yeah. And um, my nephew would send me pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so fabulous on the inside. I just love it, love it, love it. But Greg, my husband's like, we're not buying that house. It's, yeah. it's not, I mean, he couldn't get past the the curb. But so we, we went in and um, immediately... And I'm sure you, with your your clients, I saw it and I had this vision. Like, okay, this this is all got to go, and this has to go. And the vision. I mean, some people cannot, right? Yes. So at least is you that have frustrating? The vision. Yes, it is. Yes. And especially depending on what price point you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes even the lower price point, I feel like it's even harder because you walk in and you're like, okay, we know we need to be in this price point. What could we do for? 
$10,000, $50,000. How can we make this look different or whatever it is? But yeah, the vision's really hard. And sometimes I do feel like I am good at that. Mm -hmm. I, I try to paint the picture, um, but some people just can't get past it. And mm -hmm. it's, there's only so much you can do, but um, I definitely try. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you're, we'll talk about this. Your yeah. great vision. Of course, we um, when we bought the Austin home, mm -hmm. okay, get this. <laughs> I'm not joking, everyone. The toilet was in the kitchen. What? The toilet, the powder bath was in the kitchen. Like it's like, you, you all can't see me, but it's like I'm, I'm washing dishes and the toilet, I'm not kidding. So we made that. I'm trying to make it extra convenient for your guests. <laughs> I'm just going, <laughs> this can't be good. Yeah. So, um, that we, I said, you know what, we're taking that. It's going to be a coffee bar. We're going to put the, the toilet up the front, you know, and, and even Mike's husband and his wife just were just talking to me the other day about this. They're like, how did you have the vision to take that toilet and put it in the front? I'm like, I'm, we're not going to have toilets in my kitchen. It's just yeah. not happening. So, so and it is, I'm sure it's a vision and I'm sure some of the time you just want to go, okay, this, this can happen, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, um, I mean, I think also the more you see, the more you like you've probably been looking at homes for, you know, oh, so life. it's easier for you to have that vision where it just depends on your client. If mm -hmm. they've been in five houses, you know, looking and then they get to one, it's harder for them to know what would look good or what needs sure. to be there or what would be convenient. Right. If they've never even owned a home before. They don't know what they would love to have. Right. A dishwasher to the right of the sink and a pull out trash oh. to the left. They don't even know. Oh, absolutely. So, just all that. Now you have um, you have renovated. This is your second home, right? Mm -hmm. So Laura, we were talking earlier about um, that we were both in Three Hundred and Sixty West Magazine. Um, her home, her precious city farmhouse, is what I'm going to call it. Yeah. It is absolutely fabulous, and so it just really shows your vision. And then the new one that you had, that a newer home. The new the the second home I just saw your home and just what you've done so far is unbelievable. Thank you. But you enjoy it, right? I do. Yeah, I didn't. I had no clue what I was doing. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, none. Um, with the first one, and when I decided to um, kind of contract it myself, I really had no clue what I was doing. Oh, I'd, I'd unlock the door at eight a.m. and come back at four to just lock it back up. And I'd be like, whoa, what'd you guys do today? Right. <laughs> like not either not what I wanted or did nothing or whatever. Um, so it's been fun, but I've learned so much. Um, especially you got to babysit everybody. But. Oh, right. You're the contractor. Yes. I'm you the are the contractor, right? I felt that I way too when I, on a couple of our projects. But um, so the first one, and I think I might have asked you this, or maybe I asked Hillary this, but the first one, when it was featured in 360, was that the catalyst of selling it? Or what happened? Because you're no, a realtor. So I was, no, I really don't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I was looking for another property. I wanted to either renovate something to sell, or I thought about Airbnb. Mm -hmm. I was just, I was ready for another project. Um, I even thought about Airbnb, the city farmhouse and never selling it. And um, it just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. You just had a buyer um, approach yeah. it? Well, so the magazine and then people just kind of started talking about it. And then I bought another house that I didn't know if I'd live in or just renovate it and right. sell it. I didn't really know. Um, and I was actually going to Airbnb this one. Mm -hmm. And then 
couple of people were like, why you should sell it that like everyone loves that house. I was like, no, I'll never get what I want. And I'm emotionally tied to this house. And anyway, so I just kind of put it out there with a few realtors in Fort Worth and just kind of talked about it. Mm -hmm. And then the first girl that looked at it was like, this is it. I want it. So I was like, uh, (laughs) you know, um, but it all just kind of happened and worked out. And so it is precious. I don't regret it. It was, it's cute. And everyone's like, gosh, that house was so cute. Why would you ever sell it? And I'm like, well, the next house is going to be really cute. <laughs> it's not one and yeah, done, people. Yeah, I'm like, it's okay. The next one's going to be just as cute. <laughs> you know, we we talked about um, the trend renovation nation. And um, my brother is a builder. Uh, we've had this our, the construction company and my family for years and years, my grandfather. And um, he's running that. And he comes across a lot of things, These the flipping now. And, and I know that flipping is so hot right now. It's just such a trend because of the renovation nation, nation on HGTV. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's not what you're doing. I, I want to clarify that. And, and because there's a market for that. There's people, a, a girlfriend of mine is about to start doing the same thing. Um, but flipping versus renovating, you are living in these homes. You're not flipping to 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 um, to make the money, right? Right. Well, I'm, I'm renovating to make money. Yeah, well, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm not doing like a quick flip right. um, where I think that's, that is on the trend, like, a trend in Fort Worth, well, probably everywhere because of HDTV. Yes. Everyone wants to find a house to renovate, slap a bunch of stuff on it, lipstick it, uh, whatever it's called, and stick it for a sale sign in the yard a few months later. Um, no, I'm. I do want to buy homes that need to be renovated, but I'm not looking to like turn them quickly. Right. Um, you know, the house I I'm renovating now is a two two. Mm-hmm. 1,800 square feet with a guest house. I'm not going to live there forever. Right. But um, I bet I stay, you know, I'm not done, one. Right. <laughs> i got to do the guest house. But I'm taking my time, and I'm renovating it as if I was going to stay there. I'm not buying what's on sale at Lowe's mm-hmm. just to say it has quartz countertops and a new backsplash. Sure. Like, I'm not just doing it to say that it's been renovated. I'm doing it what, what I would want. If I was going to stay right. a while, I'm not doing anything crazy like what I would put in a right. half a million dollar house, but um, I'm doing what I would like exactly, and, and what works for my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, whoever buys it would a- appreciate that and like, anyways. Exactly. And it's a labor of love too. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's why it was kind of hard to sell the first one. That was, that house obviously was my first home. It was emotionally hard to sell it. It, it was. And um, it also, that's the house that grew my love for renovating. It mm-hmm. grew. I mean, I'd been a realtor for years, but I think that house kind of sparked a whole new, kind of like a whole new part of real estate for mm-hmm. me. Um, a new passion for you. Yeah. Just the whole, I'm not a designer by any means or anything like that, but just looking at spaces differently when I started to do my own, it kind of created a new love for that or budded a new love. For and what a gift because that. you have the gift of, you see so many homes that are for sale and new builds and, you know, it, you see that and I'm sure you take, you take that visual and go, okay, 
there's that. There, you see all yeah. these things, and that is such a gift. I mean, especially when you're doing this, it's just such a cool, cool thing. And I love that. I love your style. I love everything about. It. I just love it. So Thank the you. so the the first house that you did was in the River District. Is that right? So yes. tell us about these. Yeah. I want to talk about. Um, I do want to talk about how to buy a house, but <laughs> tell us about the River District. It's an up and coming area. Are you still in that area? Yes. So the new houses in the River District too. Um, they kind of started like I feel like River District really like started being brought up probably in 2015, right after I bought that first house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it is like off White Settlement. Yes. So north of Monticello right. and all that, uh-huh. but south of Crestwood, where White Settlement runs in between that. Okay. And so you would go. West, kind of towards Westover Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, there has been just a lot of old homes, unloved and kind of some industrial looking buildings, down white settlement. Anyways, developers went in and one of them was my friend from TCU. And he is actually, so this is crazy. I've lived in Fort Worth my whole life and I had never been down Burton Hill. Like hmm. I had one friend that lived at the top of Burton Hill, but I had never been down into River Oaks. Right. Um, there's a little place called Burgers Lake. Mm-hmm. I think I went there in high school like one right. time, and that's the only reason I went over there. So it's kind of forgotten, but it is less than five miles from TCU. Wow. Three miles from Central Market, Three less than three miles from 30. So I, when people talk about it, I'm like, I, I get it. I've never, I had never been down there either, but now that I'm there, I'm, I'm in Fort Worth. You know, wow. it's like so close to everything. Um, so... Yeah, I wanted a fixer-upper, and that's kind of why I started looking in that area because there was the beginning talks of this whole river district thing. Mm-hmm. And now, five years later, you drive through it. Now it's where Heim Barbecue's over there, mm-hmm. Jamel, Tim Love's new place. Right. A couple apartment complexes. Right. And, um, but a lot of new stuff to come. Lots of new construction. It's so great. That's yeah, so great. so it's changing. Yeah, and the... The the schools the schools for that River District area is it Heights is it so actually north of White Settlement is Castleberry ISD mm-hmm. and then south is Fort Worth ISD which does go to Heights mm-hmm. and Burton Hill Elementary which is actually I'll have to check my statistics but I'm pretty sure it's like one star behind Tanglewood Elementary whoa it's Burton Hills a really good elementary school. Um, so yeah. Oh my goodness, that's great. So, okay, so let's. I would. We was. I, I got sidetracked, but when I was buying a home, I was. I very quickly go in and out. I would be your dream. I'd be going yeah. out. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. We can see fifty of these today. Yeah. But um, but yeah. But then when I start buying a home, when I get really focused, I bet you the Colonial House. I bet you I went in that thing twenty five times. Okay. I mean, just. I mean, over and over, drug them crazy, but um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to make sure I was I was not missing something. So anyway, so walk us through buying a home. I mean, because when do you start buying a home? Do you wait till you're my age, fifty five, or do you start buying? What what? Do you, tell us about clientele. Like, tell walk us through buying a home. Like, who should buy a home? Anybody and everybody. Yeah. Um. Start young. You don't have to have a ton of savings. Just start somewhere and think of it as a stair step in a way. Um, I have clients of all ages. I have first-time home buyers. I have people that have bought and sold 
dozen homes. Um, but the true first step is getting pre-approved. Are you going to finance it? Are you going to pay cash? How are you going to pay for a house? That's the true first step just because you need to know what you're up against, you know, mm -hmm. what you can afford. I tell my clients to get pre-approved backwards if they are going to finance the home. So if you know you don't want your mortgage to be a dollar over $2,500, or if you know you don't want your mortgage to be a dollar over $5,000, right. whatever it is, don't just go get pre-approved for your max, whatever, because you may be able to afford a lot, but what are you going to be comfortable with each month? So tell the lender, hey, what price point do I need to be in or what do I need to put down if I don't want my mortgage to go a, a dollar over 2500 right. So that's the first step. And then once you have that, you can start your house shopping. You got to find a realtor first mm -hmm. um, and then start house shopping. And the other reason the pre-approval is important too is if you just start shopping first, if you are looking at homes that are way more than you want to afford, you just end up breaking your own heart in yes, a way. You because know? you're going to fall in love with that one. Yeah. And then you find out you you should really buy $100,000 less. You're not going to like anything anymore. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. Absolutely. So um, the pre-approval really is important. And everyone's like, well, I'm not ready for anyone to pull my credit. Well, okay, fine. But the, you better do yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to be mad at your own self. <laughs> so you were saying anyone could afford it. So am I mistaken? Do you have to have 20% down? Or does that depend on your credit? And No, you don't. And there are a lot of factors that go into it. Yes, your credit. Yes, your... Um, debt to income ratio. There's a lot of factors, but no, you don't have to have 20%. And I tell so many of my first time home buyers, they think that they think that they have to have 20%. And there's so many awesome options for even three and a half percent down or 5% down. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not making a bad business decision. It's if you've got 20%, do it, right. you know, but if you don't, it's okay. And there's so many options. Um, and honestly, most of my clients don't put 20% down. Right. Um, so wow. it can go either way. And there's benefits. If you do put the 20% down, you don't have to pay PMI, which is mortgage insurance. So there are good things. There's perks. If, yeah. if there's perks. Sure. But you don't have to. You don't have to, you know, rent for another three years while you save your down payment. You know, and I've been, I've talked to a lot of um, postgraduates lately and, the student loan debt is astronomical, yes. and I'm quite certain you you're dealing with that with some of your younger clients, and even oh, I mean I have Especially a friend. If they that, go to like law school or oh, something after. It's crazy. oh my stars, and mm -hmm. so the student loan debt is incredible. And I have a friend. She's like, I can't buy a home. Why would I marry this guy? Why would he take on my debt? It's just it's just a rat race because she did go to law school. She went to an Ivy League school and then went to law school, and you know I mean. It, that's a true thing, you know, student loan debt, but hopefully you can, you know, and that is a whole different podcast, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but exactly, you know, just have, being able to put a smaller amount down and not throw your money away on renting, correct? Yes. And that's, yes, because if it's going to take you three years to save up that down payment, you're probably paying rent somewhere. I mean, it's hard to find a, a one bedroom apartment for what, under 1400 Really? So you could have a mortgage for that, you know, depending on what you want to buy. But, um, and just, if you buy the house at that price point, it doesn't have to be your forever house. Use it as a stair step. Mm -hmm. You know, just being in that home, um, you get automatic equity with making your payments and the va property values go up. Right. And then you use that to roll over to, right. you know, 
right. the next house. And so, so let's say um, my listeners want to to they they contact you and you start looking, right? You find out hopefully if they're pre-approved or or, or if they go through that whole mm-hmm. process. So then you start looking at homes, and then what? So then um, we would pull comps. Let's say they love a house. Um, we would pull the comps on the neighborhood, just make sure that it's a good business decision, that it's priced right, that they're not getting into something that they would regret later if mm-hmm. they want to sell it two years later, that, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then we'd prepare an offer and present it to the seller and um, hopefully see, move forward. See what the, yes. And then the lending process is, is a whole nother list of events on the lending process, but mm-hmm. um, turning in lots of paperwork and all that. But, um, Really, the house hunting is the hardest part. And then once you get under contract, you have to do an inspection and stuff like that. But that's that's my job to walk them through each step. It's, it's finding the house that I think can be the most stressful part. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, it's there's a, there's a flip flip of the coin because when you're selling, when you're the seller, yeah. you're so, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to sell it. And, yeah. and, and you're just so nervous about it. And is anyone going to buy it? Am I going to get a contract? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But when you're buying... It's always that too. I mean, yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, are they going to accept it? Oh my goodness! I mean, it's just a rat race back and forth it emotions, especially um, in Fort Worth. I mean, there's a lot of multiple offer situations. Oh, so, gosh. you know, a house goes on the market on Thursday, and they've got three offers by mm-hmm. Sunday, and those can be heartbreaking. It's oh, it's that is the worst part about my job is if for some reason we don't get the house, mm-hmm. and there's. There's a lot of things you can do to make your offer look better besides price, but what can you do? I've had to make that phone call. Like we didn't get it and Uh, I hate it. I know. It's it's no fun. Um, There's, there's, there's an option period where you get an inspection. Um, That amount of days can be shortened. You can put more money down, a quicker close date, Um, depending on who the lender is. Some of them can close them quickly or if you're cash and you can close it in 14 days. So there's there's other things besides price, but right prices. My neighbor um, in Austin last year and last couple of years, she she put her house on the market, and there was a bidding war. And good for her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and so this uh, this other couple offered two three hundred thousand dollars more, and they had never seen the house. Oh, never seen it. They're from Florida, and they bought that house sight unseen. And they got more than, I mean, it was, it was a bidding. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Um, that's not reality, is it? No. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's not exactly reality. So, okay. So you go through the option period, the inspections. Now the inspections is basically what you have to get things fixed, like the dishwasher. And Well, well, the seller doesn't have to fix anything. Technically it's sold as is in Texas, but the buyer gets the opportunity to look into what they're buying, you yes. know, see what they're getting themselves into. And during that time, yes, um, they can negotiate repairs. Seller can say no. Um, a lot of times seller wants to sell their house too. So depending on what it is, something can be negotiated. Um, and that's how you find out if there's anything major going on with the house, just so you can be prepared. If, if the seller doesn't fix it, you can decide, okay, if I buy this house, I may need to budget to replace two HVAC units in the next three years exactly. or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so 
Inspections are important. Mm -hmm. You know, the house that we're in now in Fort Worth, oh my goodness, it is an an appliance nightmare. Every single, now we we remodeled and and added new appliances and everything, but every single appliance has gone out now. Oh my gosh. And I have two stoves, two ovens, two. Two, mind you, that have to be replaced because, oh, and I'm a chef for the Yeah, I was going to say, and our chef needs those. It kind of, kind of, sort of. So I really can't do any contract work that has requires baking because yeah. it'll stop right in the middle of baking. So oh, that's so great. So yeah, I mean, but it was missed. But like you're saying, they don't have to fix it, right? I mean, yeah. I did not realize that. So they don't have to fix anything unless um, some, there are such thing as lender required repairs or an appraiser required repair. Um but just little stuff like that, no, right. they don't have to. Right. So, you know, going back to the flipping we were talking about. So I I have some friends or that, that recently bought a home. And um, what is the deal with, okay, if you're flipping, what we were talking before the show, you're basically paying cash for it So th- when you're flipping a home. But my point is when you buy a home and you need to get out before a year, and you have a home loan, it's not a good idea, right? Because is it capital gains? Well, yeah. So if you're flipping and you paid a loan or, and you finance the home, um, if you don't want to pay capital gains, it has to be your primary residence for two of the last five years. Okay. So that's probably what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, these guys that are flipping quick, um, it's a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and, and if you finance the home to sell it in a year, whether you renovate it or not, let's just say you wake up inside, you don't want it anymore. It's just really hard to make a lot of money in the year when mm-hmm. you financed it. Right. Um, just your equity just doesn't grow anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> so keep it two years so for unless sure. Unless you bought really, really well or really, really low, um, it does just it's kind right. of hard. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. So when what is the average amount of time from the you put an offer in that it's closed. Is that just very, depending on so many variables, right? Well, so if it's financed, um, if you get a loan, it's usually about 30 days. Your your local lenders, there's some of them that can close them like in 21 days. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yeah, I know, crazy, huh? Um, but yeah, somewhere between, you know, 25 and 30 days if it's financed. If it's cash, it can close a little bit quicker, say 10 to 14, depending on how quick you can get the title work together. Mm-hmm. But um Usually about 30 days. About 30 days. <laughs> Depending on the situation, people usually, I find that a seller doesn't want to move that much quicker anyways, because they got to pet there's Pack a lot their of stuff, stuff that goes into it, it. Right. But um, everyone's situation is different, but typically most of them are about 30 days. So when you have people that come to you and say, okay, Laura, I'm sure you have a lot of repeat clients, but we're ready to sell our home. Do you have to have a hard conversation of declutter? Yes. Ugh. Right? How do you <laughs> yeah. handle that? Do you have the personality that? I'm too nice. Yeah. I'm too passive. Well, I'm a little bit of both. Um, I, I am nice, which can... Can hurt you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But also, they a lot of them actually understand, and I, I always blame it on the photos. So I'm like, my photographer is going to come through here. And we need all the countertops cleared. We want this place to look as big as possible. And we want every buyer that walks through here to be able to picture their own things. They can't picture their own things if you have all your junk, you know, on all the walls. So Family um, photos. Yes. So 
that helps a lot. Just getting like, Hey, the photographer is coming, let's get it picture ready. And then usually it stays ready. But I feel like so many sellers have learned a lot on their own too, that I don't have to be so much the bad guy Mm -hmm. with HGTV and social media and Pinterest. Not they see, and they're all on Zillow and all these apps and stuff. They see what's out there and they know it looks good. Right. And so if they're serious about selling, I can only tell you, I can tell them so much, but I know that if they're serious, they trust me and believe me, but I know they're seeing what the other houses look like too. Right. Um, so depends on how my clients are pretty good, Oh, good. <laughs> but I've had bad ones. I mean, it's just, I know. Some of them you just walk into and they never even have opened the shades. I mean, there's like, you see some weird things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you do see some weird really, things. We need some natural light in here. But, um, but yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, it's. A, I'm sure it's a, it's a, I mean, I've seen some pictures too. I've, you know, just surfing through Zillow or whenever when I was looking for homes going, what in the world? I yeah. mean, who would ever leave their Lucky Charms out? Like that. Uh, yeah. Who eats you, Lucky Charms? You'd be anyway. surprised. I'm sure. I like Lucky Charms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I haven't had them in 20 years. Right. You know, I mean, so it's, I'm sure that's a different conversation that that's out there too. And then staging. I mean, staging is a thing. I mean. It is. People. And see that too. It's so funny because um, I feel like 10 years ago, staging was a thing, mm-hmm. but it's not near what it is now. Right. I feel like, and I and I blame it all on HGTV and Instagram and Pinterest and all that too. I feel like staging has really become a thing, mm-hmm. but um, I, it can definitely help. Yeah, definitely help. Oh my goodness. Yes. there's I see companies that do this and young women and young oh, yeah. men that are doing this. It's a business. I mean, it's great. Oh yeah. So I great. Think, Such yeah. a great, I, I mean... I could do that. I would love to stage. Maybe you should. No. <laughs> I can't. I don't have time. Hillary uh, won't let me. <laughs> so so talking about HGTV and Pinterest and everything. So how has, when you started real estate 10 years ago, was the social media like it is now? Is it in place like it is now for you? I mean, how does social media affect your business? Yeah. Um, well, Instagram didn't exist if it did in 2010, I didn't know about it. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think it did. Um, I actually don't know what year Instagram started. Do you? I have I no idea. Okay. I know when I started. Yeah, but I, well, I think <laughs> I like know. the last five years, I, I would know. say. Okay. Hillary, we need you. We, we need you. Um, yeah. I wonder what that is. <laughs> anyways. But yeah, so back then, um, old school marketing, and I still do some of the old school marketing, postcards and I love mailers. Do you really? I still do mailers. Um, But yes, I think more than anything, social media lets people that you don't see on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, it lets them see what you're up to and what you're doing. And I think more than anything, um, that's how social media has helped me. So Mm -hmm. maybe I have that friend that I went to college with. I'm a senior in 10 years, but she still lives in Fort Worth. And she sees that I sell houses and because I post them and exactly. say, hey, I just saw this. So I may not see her and talk to her a lot, but it reminds her that I'm a realtor. So when she's ready to buy or sell something, she calls me. Right. So um, I think it's helped me in that, like the connection of people. Um, I don't think I have a, a bunch of random people that I don't know finding me on Instagram. I've had a couple. Mm-hmm. Um 
but not right. But I also feel like when I when I post something, I'm not. I mean, I would love the business from someone, but I'm not mm-hmm. really trying to capture a bunch of random people. I'm trying to connect with the people that know me, right? You know, and then word of mouth from word there. of mouth, right? Yeah. So, um, I think Instagram is. And Facebook have definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook was around because I've had that since college, but I don't think I really used it as a marketing tool, but I do see that it's important mm-hmm. and it's free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, um, it's, I see open houses on, Insta- on yeah. Instagram. I see that a lot on Facebook, especially yeah. um, on Facebook. So all of those things I'm sure are just key in keeping current too. Yeah, you know, um, my business as a chef, and I would so embarrassing, but I had two thousand plus followers on Facebook, and for years, and my daughter said, "Mom, you got to get on Instagram." And then I would go to places, and people like, "Oh my goodness, you have cookbooks! Let me see your Instagram." Like, I don't have one. Want, want, want. So when I started one, I said, "I'm going to start one," but it's huge. I mean, it's absolutely huge, and it's visual and. That's what your business is. It's 100% visual, you know? It is. And it's it's moved into a way, like I feel like with real estate, let's say someone is moving here from out of town or not even with real estate. Let's say I want, I'm looking for something to buy in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna, or let's say I'm going on a trip. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Cabo. Right. Restaurants in Cabo. Right. Instead of people Googling on the internet, people are using, using the hashtag Cabo restaurant or you know right. whatever, and they're finding where to go mm-hmm. and what to do on Instagram instead of right. the ways we used to do it, just exactly on the internet. So I think that helps um, with real estate too, but it's it's a tool for finding anything. Right. Well, I do know that the um, the market is so hot in Austin. Oh my goodness, it's crazy. But oh, what is it. the market like in Fort Worth? Is it doing well? Is it soft? Is it I mean, what is going on with Fort Worth? It is doing well. Um, I think it's leveled out a little bit. It was kind of crazy for a couple of years. Um, but I think it's going to stay this way. It's We're growing. DFW is growing so much. Um, I think they compare us to like Houston. Really? <laughs> it's growing really fast. And I think it's like a thousand people a day moving to DFW. It's nuts. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to check that statistic, but but it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, And we have so many big corporations here and headquarters. I mean, back in the day, it was, you know, we had Lockheed and we had Bell, but now, you know, Amazon's putting people here. And of course we had Pier One and and JCPenney's and Facebook and Louis Vuitton. And uh, there's just Toyota, Mm -hmm. all these jobs. Um, yeah. You know, and the old one, BNSF. I mean, that's a, it's a big one. It's, right. it's been here forever, but it's a big one. So there's just so many job opportunities here. I feel like our housing industry is, you know, I can't predict the market, but I almost feel like it's inevitable. There's mm-hmm. too many people moving here for work and they all need homes. That's right. Absolutely. And I think true. we can't grow inside the loop, that 820 loop. Everything's built out. Is it? You know, I mean... All the neighborhoods that are there are there. So if you want to live inside the loop, there's only so much supply. Isn't that (laughs) crazy? So that creates, you know, supply demand. So um, unless you want to move outside the loop where they're building a lot, but... Mm -hmm. um, Alito, is that, that's hot, right? Yeah. And you can get a lot for your money out there. Is that true? Or more land or... Yes. 
A little bit of both. Um, people think Alito and they think land, but it's actually not. They're not all of them. You know, your neighborhoods like Parks Alito and Morningstar and Walsh, you can get more house for your money than you can right in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not getting land. It's, it's a definitely smaller lots, but right. but there is land out there. Yes, there is. I have a lot of <laughs> friends that live out there. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about philanthropies. And another way I met you is through Caltown, um, which is your philanthropy. And, and, um, we talked about that earlier. Um, when I, when I was at TCU, the sororities and the campus life was not as philanthropic based. It wasn't at all, basically. I mean, it really was small compared to what it is now. Um, my sorority, AKIO and Kennedy's sorority, they just rate us $150,000 for a women's shelter and paid for rape kits. And I mean, it's just unbelievable what yeah. these philanthropies are doing. And so tell us about Caltown. You are, you've been with that, that philanthropy for seven years. So tell us what that philanthropy is about. So Caltown Ball um, benefits American Cancer Society. And um, I've been on it like, I think 2007. Wow. So, right. Well, actually not 2007, sorry, 2009. I think mm-hmm. it was right after into college. But my mom was on the committee like, I don't know, early 2000s maybe. Mm-hmm. And so when I graduated college, I wanted to do something. And it was probably, you know, I wanted to be involved in something for work too. I felt like I needed to network and all of that. It, and Cowtown Ball just kind of stuck. I right. liked it. Um, we've gone through a lot of changes and different people each year. But at the end of the day, I love what it benefits, which all the money goes to American Cancer Society. And you, we get, I get to see where the money goes. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many things you can be involved in. You write a check to go to a ball or you write a check to this and you don't get to see. And I've gotten to see what every little dollar goes to. Um, and it's, it's mostly for cancer research. Um, and I feel also like everybody Everyone knows someone that's been affected by cancer. Absolutely. So it's just, and if you don't know someone, you're going to know someone. And Mm -hmm. so it's just, it's been a great organization for me. Um, And I love the people that- And you're marketing chair, right? Marketing chair. Second year? Third year. Third year. Third year. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it is great. I, and I, so I met you, I showed the Caltown Gala. So that was so fun. So fabulous. Outside. And we thought it was in a rain. Remember that? Yes. How can you forget? This year it's covered. It's at the zoo this year. Is it? On October 3rd. So. (gasps) Is it really? We're not worried about rain. Okay. If there's rain, I actually have not seen, I think the zoo ball has been in the same place. It's that Savannah Mm -hmm. tent or safari Uh tent, whatever it's called. But if it rains, they can tent it. That is so great. So it's we don't October have to 3rd. Worry. October 3rd. October 3rd. Oh, my yes. goodness. I'm going. And I love the, it. Um, the Belli- Bellamy Brothers. You're kidding. Do you know them? Yes, I, I do. I don't really know them, but I'm sure they're great. <laughs> I've, I, I would sing it, but no, then I'd lose a bunch of followers, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You're kidding me. Mm-hmm. Were they in retirement or something and they came out or what? I have no idea. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> Don't know, but <laughs> not your job. Yep. Our entertainment crew. Yeah. Made it happen. So do in the real estate world, does Bert Ladner do anything philanthropic? I know some of the different, I know different agents that's, uh, uh, that have helped me. We had, we, JDRF is our, diabetes is ours. And we've had a couple of your agents um, help us out with that. So how does, is that? They are always doing Something. Something. Yes. yes. They do a lot. Um, just our owners, they do um, a big thing every Christmas and take gifts to um, 
the needy, but we literally, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, I do meals on wheels on Mondays. In fact, I did meals on wheels this morning, but Bert Ladner has a meals on wheels team. Wow. And just two weeks ago, they sent a thing out building that team up. So they're, Right. I mean, they are so involved in this community. Yes. You know, it's everything. It is amazing to me. Again, I go back to my childhood and, you know, we gave to the church. That was what we gave. And I, we gave our time and volunteered. But but um, times have changed so much. And Kennedy and I growing, when she was in, gosh, I guess sixth or seventh grade, I can't even remember, but she and I did NCL, which is National Charity League. And that's working side by side, mother daughters for different philanthropies. And we had something like 13 philanthropies to work for. But I'll never forget, she was well, seventh or eighth grade and we went to Texas Baptist Children's Home and um, we were serving meals and they we some of the girls could watch the kids, the babies. Mm-hmm. And so Kennedy would... She was she was talking to this girl and so oh, that she's so cute holding this baby and this girl was younger than she was and oh. and Kennedy said oh my gosh is that your sister and she said no this is my baby mm-hmm. and that was watching my child that there's other things than what we do in the bubble where we lived in Austin mm-hmm. there is another life out there and that was the most you know doing that for the all the years that we did that we participate and we were both on board positions and, and um, just the need of for, for us to see something out of our comfort zone and that's out of our, our scope was just huge for her. Um, and now I see this in college, she's working with the, the women's shelter and I'm just so impressed with yeah. where, you know, the world, Ugh, right now the world, you know, just you yeah. kind of just look and go, what are we doing, people? What are we doing? But then I look at we give so much back. We give back. And I'm so proud of the kids that do this. Oh, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. And I think it's important, even with Meals on Wheels, I think when you're in the training, they tell you not, you know, everyone that you deliver meals to, they're not all needy. Right. I mean, some of them live in very nice neighborhoods. It's just that they can't leave their home. Right. So, they don't have someone to bring them food or they're incapable of cooking. Right. But what they tell you in the training is when you deliver that meal, don't forget, you may be the only person that they come in contact with all day. Mm-hmm. And and they know that you're on a route and you can't stay and talk for an hour. You can't stay and talk for 30 minutes because right. you have to get to your next person. But it's crazy to me when you knock on their door, you know, some of them don't want to talk to me. They they just, they have a good day and bye. But right. But the ones that do and just the little bit that they say, and then when you get in your car and you realize, you know, even if you were in a hurry or it's that five minutes Mm -hmm. and they may not talk to anyone else all day. And I have to remind myself of that, of, you know, like maybe they didn't, they should do something for your day, but if they don't. Can you think about what you do for their day? Exactly. Does that make sense what I'm mm-hmm. saying? 1,000%. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, my favorite lady does not speak English. Mm-hmm. Not one word. Oh, wow. And she's my favorite. Do you speak Spanish? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. But I love seeing her because her whole face lights up. Right. And she touches my heart and and says a prayer. And I don't know what she's saying, but, it doesn't but I know it's great. It's I like good. I a lot. I bet it's good. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's just, you know, it's this... I'm trying to have this newfound 
if someone's grumpy or has a bad day, that there's something going on in their life. We don't know what it is, but if we can just help them make a make a be- better impact on someone's life, and it's not easy. I have bad days, and you know yeah. we all do. But but it, but the philanthropy, the, the philanthropic world is just. I'm blown away by this world right now and how much we give back in our own world, in our own United States and and beyond. So it's absolutely amazing. So Laura, you have shared with us so much and I know that my listeners and my followers will get so much out of this because it's a thing. I mean, buying a home and it's scary. I mean, it is yeah. very scary. I remember buying my first home and I didn't think I could ever do it, but I did I it. can do it. I can Let's do it. Start somewhere. Yes. So yeah. it's so good to have you here. Now oh, tell us your Instagram. You so Tell us my Instagram. It's Laura.Hamilton86. Laura. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's just Laura. Laura Hamilton. M. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. My name is Laura Hamilton. You can find it. <laughs> just, 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 just go and plug it in. I bet you'll yeah. find it. Well, it's great having you. And everyone, Thank please you. follow me on at Tiffany C. Blackman on, uh, on Instagram and Tiffany Blackman and Tiffany Collins on Facebook. And please, please listen to our podcast, rate and review, if you don't mind, on My So-Called Fabulous. And everyone, have a wonderful day. Thank yeah. you, Laura. Thank you. Cheers.